Hello everyone, welcome to Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. We are here with episode number two, looking at Fastlane. Oh, prepare yourself, right, strap yourselves in for bloody road puns, <laughs> travelling puns, motor vehicle puns, Jesus. I'm your host, the man with no moniker, Duncan Joyce. I'm joined, as ever, by the Mark of Marks for the King of Kings, it's Mr. Kyle Cambry. Hello, welcome. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing fine, thank you. Looking forward to Roadblock. Roadblock, yes. <laughs> oh. Another uh, another driving pun. Yes, another one. I'm a bit disappointed it's not called The March to WrestleMania. It's yeah. like that South Park movie promotional video. Snacky Snores present The March to WrestleMania! <laughs> it's like it's Because it's the road to WrestleMania, they're trying mm. to bring as many road puns into it. We've got Fast Lane to WrestleMania, we've got the roadblock to WrestleMania. Yeah. And they've driven it into the ground. Yeah. Oh yeah, quick little bit of feedback. Michael C. Larkin told us, keep up the great work from one wrestling fan to another. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, mate. He, he's followed us on everything. That's so, good. That's good. good to know that people are enjoying what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guys from the Fatitude Era podcast sent me a gif of you know, Paul Heyman with the shocked look on his face I think that's a good thing we'll go with a good thing because yeah, Paul yeah. Heyman always is a good thing so <laughs> let's, let's roll with that so February 21st 2016 it's WWE Fastlane from the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland Ohio a lot of history in this arena especially from when we were like, getting into it as fans yeah. site of the first tag team ladder match site of a Raw where Shane bought WCW. It is, yeah. And the site of Invasion as well. I like Invasion. I miss Invasion. You can argue that they buggered it up. It was still the biggest selling non-WrestleMania pay-per-view in history. From what I understand. Yeah. 14,406 fans in attendance. Did you watch the pre-show this time, Kyle? Well, no, I watched the US title match. The pre-show oh, okay. with Renee and everybody else. Didn't yeah. watch it. You didn't miss much. I- I've got a couple of things. I was on Jerry Lawler joke book watch again. Okay. He used the exact same joke about Callisto as he did at the Royal Rumble. This is why I didn't watch the pre- <laughs> pre-show. <laughs> he also had a line here. Music and wrestling don't mix. His cousin, the Honky Tonk Man, says hi. Any favourite musical wrestling moments for you, Kyle? Hmm. Any for you first? Jeff Jarrett breaking a thousand <laughs> guitars, never drawing a dime. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think probably the Rock's musical moments. Quite. The Rock concert, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. They're always um, entertaining. And surprisingly, he's got a really good voice. He's got a decent voice, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that man could do everything. Definitely not Buddy Shotgun Charlie or whatever, Machine Gun Kelly, who's in the crowd at this event. Oh, no. None of this like filler WrestleMania music bullshit. I was waiting for the whole Kevin Owens Machine Gun Kelly thing to kick off again. He's in the audience, so like power bomb yeah. him, <laughs> power bomb him to obliteration. <laughs> God damn it, please. My only other note, other than the match, which we'll get to, there was a backstage interview with Dolph Ziggler. What on earth was going on with his hair in this pay per view? He made an Emery band with his own hair. It looked ridiculous. It was like a plat thing. This is for, like, 14-year-old girls, Dolph. Come on. Any standout wrestling haircuts for you, Kyle? Hmm. Not much of a haircut, but I'm, you know, the Mark of Marks, Triple H. Oh, Triple H. Um, <laughs> his motorhead moustache. 
Oh, the Harley Race mutton chops. Yes. It didn't work. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was a bit upset at that point in time watching Triple H. Still better than him clean shaved, though. It brought out the nose in him. (laughs) (laughs) People, well, spoilers, but when he attacked Roman Reigns and broke his nose, people were saying, oh, it's ironic. Roman's the one with nose problems. Like, no, Triple H doesn't have a problem with his nose. Everyone else has a problem with his nose. (laughs) Yeah, Dolph gave a really strange promo here. Oh, and as the interview was getting started, they still had the microphone level from the pre-show set so you could hear JBL's entrance music hit and the fans going <laughs> as Dolph was trying to talk he talks about the Kardashians the people versus OJ Simpson and saw Twitter fingers the pre-show match featured Smackdown lead announcer Mar- Mara Ronaldo on commentary mm. do, you, do you like him? I do like him yeah he can't do any worse than in the rumble when they announced the rumble wrong mm. I don't know whether we mentioned that on the first podcast, they said about two participants to be in the ring. Yep. And then there was a massive pause because you forgot what to say. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ma- Ma- Michael Cole was like, who will eliminate? <laughs> Peter tonight. Yeah, yeah. I like him. His voice has that really weird, I sound like I'm shouting, but I'm not shouting quality to it. That'll hurt his throat after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very informative, entertaining announcer. Yeah. So the pre-show match was the two out of three falls United States Championship match. The champion Callisto defending against Alberto Del Rio. I completely forgot in the lead up to this this was going to be two out of three falls. I suppose the story is Del Rio insists Callisto's wins were flukes, so have a more definitive thing. And it's a nice little nod. Lucha Libre in Mexico is predominantly two out of three falls, or it was back in the day as well. Yeah. Really early on, Del Rio ripped the tail off Callisto's mask. Oh, and when he was coming out, he nicked some disabled fan's replica belt yeah. and posed with it. <laughs> <sighs> Full-on heel meter here tonight. After a little game of cat and mouse, Callisto hits a hurricane runner and a big springboard dive to the outside. Then we get a really cr- cringe-worthy bit where Callisto dropped too low on his knees when Del Rio went to kick him. Yeah. And he sold it anyway. It's one of them, isn't it? If, if you miss the move, you've you got to sell it. If you miss it by miles then it's one of them you just redo it but for, for, for camera point of view you just you gotta sell it no matter how bad it looks yeah if it didn't help the fact that it was to the back as well if yeah. it was to his face you could like kind of put your hands up and pretend oh it kind of you yeah know, you know lose the fact it missed in the flurry of bodies or whatever after a hurricane runner off the barricade sends del rio into the timekeeper's area he wipes out callisto with a chair shot to get the dq to go down one fall to zero what do you make of this strategy, going one fall down to mess up an opponent? It could work. It, it's something that, it's a very heel thing. Mm. I kind of knew that Callisto would win this, but it it's one of them moments where you think, right, okay, he's really going heel now. He'll probably go 2-1 up, and then mm. Callisto will come back. As soon as he went one down, you kind of knew which way he would go. Yeah, it, he, he'd look like a complete fool if Callisto won the fall the next yeah. fall and he lost two now yeah. I can understand it a lot more in Ironman matches where the clock is your enemy not the number of falls yeah. it's just two out of three falls and you're one nil down it's you know, a bit tighter Yeah. naturally he throws him all around ringside into all the barricades and after the surprise surprise massive WWE Network commercial he hit a variation of his double stomp to get the three to tie it up one to one immediately after this he nearly tore Kalisto's mask off he saw loads of his face yeah Maro references 
Del Rio's MMA career from it as well. Ooh. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Double Stomp gets countered with a big Hurricane Rana and Callisto does his usual comeback deal. They trade near falls with a Total World Backbreaker and a big round the world DDT. Then Del Rio hit his massive, massive reverse superplex and Callisto went all the way to the outside and he hit the double stomp from the barricade. He tried to go for the count out victory. Love that as well. Yeah. Cheap, cheap win. Callisto barely, barely, barely got in at the nine count. The camera work, I think, was really good to get fooled me. Like, you couldn't see Callisto. He just like... Yeah. They had to make the camera work better after, after the rumble catastrophe of where the cameras decided to go. Couldn't get any worse. Yeah. The finish... They box a double stomp counter in the corner before a snapmare into the turnbuckle and a roll-up gets the three for Callisto, who wins 2-1 to one in 15 minutes, 12 seconds to retain his championship. What did you make of the match, Kyle? I really enjoyed it. I'm not a fan of Del Rio. I think I said that last mm-hmm. time. I do like Callisto. I hope that they do push Callisto in the singles. I don't really want to relate him to Rey Mysterio because Callisto is his own, own character. I like his style. I like his... Lucha, 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 lucha. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully that'll get rid of Del Rio and we can have a new rivalry starting. Maybe Callisto Sin Cara. Mm, I know they yeah. have the Lucha Dragons tag team, but that would be quite quite nice to see. It'll depend on how they want to use them at Mania. Yeah. You're either going to get the Lucha Dragons in a filler tag team match or there's going to be a filler multi-man US Championship match. Yeah. There was some interesting stuff. I tried to mix it up a bit. I preferred it slightly more to the Royal Rumble match. It felt appreciably different. Del Rio's heelish antics were very good. Definitely deserved to be on the actual show. Yep. There's definitely one match I have in mind that they could have swapped it with. There's definitely two segments <laughs> that they could have swapped it with. We'll get to that. Yeah. On to the main show. So, the opening VT, naturally, is road-themed. It calls WrestleMania. The road to WrestleMania, a symbol for life itself. Ugh. That's far too deep, and <laughs> they're literally trying to get onto a pay per view. How many people were they targeting? The broad net of how many people watch wrestling. Like, how many people did that connect with, really? I guess there's a lot of student wrestling fans. Ugh. You never know. More of them might be like into Nietzsche and yeah. philosophy and all that and love that. It features road signs with the Ambrose Asylum, Suplex City, and the Roman Empire. Our opening contest of the evening is Team Bay versus Team Bad. It's legit boss Sasha Banks and last kicker Becky Lynch versus Unity, Naomi and Tamina. Yeah, the secondary Divas feud is opening this show. That's a big vote of confidence. It is. Sasha Banks is fantastic. Mm. Just watching her in NXT, so it's great to see her up on Raw. Same with the last kicker. Yeah, it, it is. It's a good vote of confidence. It's nice to see Vince giving them the push. Triple H gives them as big a push as he could mm-hmm. in NXT, so it is nice to see Vince giving them the okay. What do you make of Team Bad as well? Because we talk a lot about the people that have come up from NXT because they've been in the spotlight quite a lot recently. Yeah. But Naomi's been a little bit underappreciated. She's a very good athlete, but she's not had the quality of matches of you know, the, the NXT girls that have come up. Yeah, I think it's a similar case to the men's, really, in that Cena used to kind of take over the the title picture for so many years. It's the same with the Bella Twins, and so nobody nobody's really had yeah. that sort of push, whereas now, rumour has it that Brie may not be here for much longer. For much longer. Mm-hmm. 
which leaves just Nikki, and hopefully, you know, that'll bring other people up to have some more more spotlight, really. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Even before they brought the NXT goes up, you saw them try to put two featured women's feuds on the card. Like, yeah. there'd be AJ Lee and Paige to go for the championship, and then there'd be the Bella's feud on like Helena Cell, for instance. JBL here with a line. Can anybody get along with the capricious Becky Lynch? Naturally, he'd see Becky yeah. as the one at fault in this situation rather than you know, the egotistical Sasha. <laughs> they show clips from SmackDown of Becky saving Sasha from a beatdown and the two bonding over hatred of losing. Then in the Facebook exclusive interview, it's not Facebook exclusive anymore because you've shown it on the show, Team Bad save their family, Sasha's not the boss of them, and Becky will get her last kicked. Would you ever consider wearing a t-shirt that had the words last kicker on it? No. <laughs> Who thought of this moniker? Seriously. Yeah, there's, there's so many fine lines for a guy to walk around with a last kicker top on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to cross that. I'd, I'd wear a I'm a hugger t-shirt. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that, that's a gimmick deliberately aimed at 14-year-old girls, but I don't care. But Bailey's on. On me. <laughs> <laughs> 14-year-old girls and sad men in their late to early 20s. I will hug the life out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Bailey's gonna hug you. Bailey's gonna... Anyway, I thought Tamina had lovely hair as well. It's mad. (laughs) It's so, like... Well, it wasn't very voluminous, but it was just, like, shiny. Never mind. Our little game of musical announce tables continues. We've got the Germans in tonight instead of the French. Don't mention Zavor. It's nice, uh, nice European touch. See mm. what European countries we can bring into each pay-per-view. Maybe that's how they're going to fill this crowd in WrestleMania. Just have like 16 <laughs> announce tables with different languages. Maybe in a few years' time, there'll be no ramp area. It will just be announce tables. Oh, boy. <laughs> like a full square. It's just like skipping stones yeah. over them. So right in the early going, Becky and Sasha squabble over who should start the match. They eventually just double drop kick Tamina. So it's the infamous tag team partners that don't get along story. Do you think it's a bit overplayed maybe? Yeah, very overplayed. Mm. But I think it's the only way that they can go with it. That's the problem. It's the only way they can get all of these girls on the card. Definitely. Naomi, early on, do you see her little Russian style kicks that I've decided? God, that takes some stamina. Becky replies with her exploder suplex, which JBL calls the last plex or the Beckploder. Neither of them work. No, none of them <laughs> stick for me. A double baseball slide to the outside, take out Team Bad, but then they regain the advantage when Naomi stunners Becky into the top turnbuckle, and then they control with lots and lots of rest holds. And a nice jumping leg drop from Naomi gets two. Becky nearly got the tag, sneaking through Tamina's legs, but Naomi pulled Sasha off the apron right at the very last minute. That was a very well-timed spot, I thought. Yeah. JBL here with a line, Tamina could have been in the APA, Mago! Because even the acolytes are afraid of murderous coke fiend Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> oh my god, Becky got thrown out of the ring at one point and she flew out of there. When is she going to reach her terminal velocity here? She's just going faster and faster. <laughs> I was really worried for her. She eventually escapes and tags Sasha. She runs wild with clotheslines and knee strikes, including a nice pop-up double knee press. She gets a bank statement on Naomi, but Tamina pulls her out. And then we get this really weird visual of Tamina running away from Sasha. 
Yeah. Sashu's like five foot nothing, barely a hundred pounds, and Tamina's big scary Samoan woman like <laughs> Sasha's come in and she's the big bad boss that everyone's scared of because she's gonna get the title. Yeah. Uh, they could have played that out so many different ways. You know, maybe Tamina attacking Sasha and Sasha just overrules it and, and takes Tamina out instead of the whole Tamina looks like a fool running away from Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was a trap and it was all applied to get her into the rear view and that got a near fall but yeah. it's still it, yeah it didn't look right <laughs> yeah huge super kick from Tamina Becky has to save a fall from that one Sasha escapes a double suplex and Becky gets a double drop kick on Bad from the top rope then the head scissors into the bank statement on Tamina and the disarm her on Naomi get the double tap out for Sasha and Bailey, uh, Sasha and Becky to win uh, nine minutes fifty seconds. Preempting that Bailey's coming into it. <laughs> Is she going out with Finn Balor? Some of these videos kind of make me think so. <laughs> they keep swapping clothes. Really weird friendship. Uh, what did you make of the match? At the very start, did you notice that Becky lost a hat? Did she? Yeah. She came out and she got so excited and she's spinning around and a hat flies oh, off. Oh, when she's doing yeah. the <laughs> So the she ropes. turned around and picked it back up. Straight on and carried on. Uh, like a, a trooper. She has a lot of trouble with her wardrobe. Like last month, she, she's got these shin guards and they were falling down in yeah. her last match. The match itself, though, I've really enjoyed. Very strong. I'm not a fan of Tamina or Naomi, though. No. I don't know whether it's just the characters that they're playing at the moment, whether they need a repackage or, or what. I just, I'm not enjoying. And the, the rear view mirror finisher, oh. I don't want a face full of ass as a finisher like Rikishi's made sense the stink face made mm. sense but this <laughs> god it makes me laugh just thinking of it I don't want it as a finisher but I, I quite no never mind <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought this was a solid bit of business here the closing stretch was really really good when Team Bad were in control of Becky I thought it was a bit meh not that much above what you'd see on regular television but still Nice to see yeah. the girls get a chance. Yeah, so after that, we got a commercial for WrestleMania, and it actually admits to the event being 31 years old. That's nice, so it's no longer just a star. Yeah, yeah. It's like... You can't admit how old it is. The young people don't like old people. <laughs> Except me, because I'm a genetic jackhammer. They then recap Kevin Owens winning the Intercontinental title in the Fatal Five Way from Raw. Commentary then debate how it will affect Dean Ambrose in the main event. JBL thinks it's going to harm him. Byron thinks that it's cleared his head and made him more focused. Dello, which would you buy? I'd probably go for Byron's. Mm. Just because he, you've not got another belt to worry about. you kind of clean slate, aren't you? You've not. It's another target off your chest. Yeah. I mean, you should want to be a double champion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but if you've lost the belt... I know the importance of the Intercontinental belt is still up there, mm. but if you've lost that belt, but then you've got a chance to win the title, yeah, you're kind of clean slated then, aren't you? Yeah, I guess. It's supposed to make you buy into Ambrose a bit more. Yeah, People are always under the impression, well, he's got that title, he's not going to go on to the main title scene. That leads into our second match of the night, the Intercontinental Championship match. Kevin Owens, the champion, defended against Dolph Ziggler. Right, this annoyed me from the start. Commentary spent 
ages and ages and ages getting over how it's Cleveland, it's Dolph's hometown, he's in front of his home state audience. Lillian announces him as residing in Hollywood, Florida. If they're going to register in commentary that this is his hometown, then surely Lillian has got to, you know, abide by that. It's like when they disagree over the weight, like the announcer will announce him as some kind of weight. It's like Mark Henry weighing in at 248 pounds, and then on commentary, he does something devastating, like 500 pounds yeah. on the back of him. <laughs> Do you remember back in the mid noughties when Vince had this edict the Canadian people can't be announced as being from Canada? Yeah. Chris Benoit's from Atlanta, Georgia. Can you imagine if they went to Canada and, like, resided in Manhasset, New York? Chris Jericho! He's from Winnipeg, you yeah. idiot! <laughs> yeah. There are some things that you, you do think... Do WWE think that we're stupid? Mm-hmm. Just an example, going back from our first episode on the Rumble. Yeah. If they were going to come out and attack Roman Reigns, the nation... Yeah. Surely they would take him over the top rope. Yes. So he would be out completely. But no, we're just stupid fans. We we don't understand this, you know. Too much effort having to get on yeah, the apron yeah, and turn yeah. him over. Just got to grab him and then kick his ass quick. But, but you know, we, we'll just go along with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> go along with the ride. Roll with it, yeah. Never mind. So, typically, as usual, Kevin Owens and his trash-talking the great here. Like, Stop touching me! Like, when he was trying to force a break. And he earns some favour with a crowd. And he's like, your hometown likes me more than you. <sighs> he almost, almost like dissipates this goodwill with an eternal headlock. Dolph fires back with a drop kick, but then suffers a nasty chest-first bump into the turnbuckle. You can see it like give way yeah. in a slow-mo. Oh, little Bret Hart-style bump. It's even worse than when Bret Hart used to do it, because like, he'd go in like central on his chest. Yeah. Dolph hit it like just a little bit above his shoulder, so it's a bit more. You jar it even more. Yeah, yeah. Kevin main, maintains control with his senton and another rest hold. Fucking rest hold. Dolph battles back with a stinger splash and net breaker, but he misses his elbow and eats a senton into the back this time. That's neat. That gets two. Oh yeah, Michael Cole tries to make out Kevin Owens to be this absolutely despicable human being because he didn't pin the champion in the Fatal Five Way to win the title. It's all game, you know, it's yeah. part of the rules. The rules are rules. You can pin anyone you want in that match. Yeah. We then return to Chinlock Island all night long. Do you ever used to get Power Slam magazine? Or yeah. Anything? Finn Martin used to call WWE World Chinlock Entertainment. Yeah. We were really deep into that with this match, I thought. I'm up to the Chinlock era at the moment on the network. Yeah. Um, mid-99 coming up to 2000 and every match has like 50 chin locks in it oh like, good lord oh god <laughs> we get some different moves once and Owens winds up eating loads of splashes and elbows from Dolph for two we then get a really awkward bit Dolph like slides under Kevin Owens legs seems to look like he's going for an ankle lock Cole goes he went for the famouser really didn't no he didn't really? no, he was moves miles off that one <laughs> Then, slightly awkward again, Owens crutches Ziggler on the top rope when he tried his jumping DDT. They then trade near falls with the cannonball and Dolph's DDT. And Kevin Owens does his fisherman buster again. Then, from eternal headlocks, everyone does a super kick. JBL was like, ha ha, super kick party! I'd cry gimmick infringement here. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't like Kevin Owens doing super kick. No. Like he, it's good that he can do all these moves. He's got all these moves in his locker and stuff. But just leave, leave Dolph with the super kick, please. Leave someone with a <laughs> yeah. super kick. I can live with maybe like two or three people, but there's those like six or seven guys on this roster that use super kicks. No, leave it out. My favorite stretch of the match is here. Owens tries to power bomb Dolph on the apron, but Dolph Frankensteins him into the steel steps. That was quite neat. And he gets the famous back inside for two. Fans chant, this is awesome. Owens crawls away from another super kick attempt, and it nearly hit the ref. That lets him short arm, pop up power bomb Dean, uh, Dean? Dolph, for the three. So Kevin Owens wins at 15 minutes and 10 seconds. He lays the belt in front of Michael Cole and talks nonsense to him. And there was someone in the front row with an Ohio heart Dolph sign, ripped it out of their hands, loved it, yeah. loved it, loved it. <laughs> Owens' heel antics, definitely the best part of this match. There were some nice spots, but I was a bit disappointed with how it compares to their Raw matches. All of this extra time, they just filled it with chin locks and headlocks. Yeah. You, Didn't meet its potential for me. You would think that it would have been a stronger match because Dolph is definitely underrated yep. and they, they misuse him and Kevin Owens is definitely a, a superstar on the up so you would think that the match would have been much better but like you said the, some of the spots that were in there were fantastic Yeah, maybe it's just another one of they need more matches together Owens and Ambrose the more matches they had the better the matches were Yeah. so maybe it's just a case of the chemistry I don't know but I, I did I enjoyed it I thought it was good Well, I still enjoyed it I yeah. just felt it was a bit of a disappointment yeah like it, it wasn't trash or anything it could have just been a raw match yeah pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. chinlock screams like oh we're in commercial we then get a commercial for tap out what on earth are they doing with this brand it's the exact same commercial as they ran last year's last or something. year yeah does it really take 12 months to do research and development for a sports thing when they've got you know these examples running up yeah and when it says it's coming in 2016, what what is exactly coming in 2016? I think workout equipment, like Under Armour thing. It's a bit yeah. awkward, like Rock's got this deal yeah. with Under Armour yeah. and they've got their own brand going. Yeah, I don't know. Their logo as well, it kind of looks like the share button on Safari. <laughs> Backstage, Big Show spouts cliches. Survival of the fittest, laws of the jungle, blah, blah, blah. Ryback claims the Wyatts have bitten off more than they can chew. And Kane says he'll send them straight back to hell. That then cues a video package for the Wyatts versus the Titans feud. This struck me as a bit of filler here for the Wyatts, really. Yeah. I'm still confused at where Kane's at at the moment. I don't understand. They have this massive thing with the Wyatts with Kane and Taker. Uh-huh. And, you know, the Bray takes their powers and he inhales them for himself. Yeah. Undertaker and Kane beat him away. But then he's he's now teaming up with normal people like Big Show and Ryback yeah. and still against the Wyatt. It's just bad booking, I think. Same old, same old. Yeah. We've talked about the Wyatt family being stuck in limbo a bit. What do you make of... The, I mean, we briefly mentioned Kane, but what do you make of like Big Show and Ryback as well? I like Ryback. Yeah. I like his new attire. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. It's a bit plain, and it's drawing the Goldberg chance again. He's I'm... tweeted about that, though, hasn't he? That what? he doesn't want to be in the same context as 
Austin and Goldberg. Don't wear the gear then. <laughs> I'm alright with him like losing the singlet. I quite like him to have like some of the airbrush stuff on it as yeah. well, rather than just plain black. Yeah. Well, he the airbrush he contacted RVD about that because it's the same artist. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite cool to have it on the trunks. Regards, to Big Show. I never used to like the Big Show until I watched the podcast. In Austin. Yeah, I have a new, new soft spot for him. He's one of them typical guys who, he's just working. Mm. So he's not bothered if he's face or heel. He does his job. He gets paid. He goes home or he goes to the next town. And you know, he, he was saying that all the people that give him shit on Twitter, you know, he, he's just doing his job. That's it's yeah. you know, he's not there to piss anyone off. You know, they're all saying about oh, you're stopping the Braves and oh, the Braves, the Wyatts. Why are you feuding with them? You just tampering with them. He's like, well, this is just my job. I've been booked to do this match, so mm. I'm doing this match. So I, I, I do have a soft spot for the big show. He's just doing what he's, what he's being told. His in-ring work has taken a bit of a nosedive, but you know. What do you do with a guy that size? I know exactly. He's, <laughs> he's seven foot tall and he's like over four hundred pounds. He's still an attraction in a sense. Yeah. He's not like your main line attraction. He still has a role to play in his company, and it's working with younger monsters and stuff like that yeah we'll get to Big Show a bit more here because I quite liked his role in this match but we'll talk about that more match number three is a six man tag team match the Wyatt family represented by Luke Harper Eric Rowan and Brown Snowman as someone mentioned on Twitter it's Brown Snowman <laughs> that'd have been a hellacious <laughs> predictive text mess up there versus the Big Show Ryback and Kane I love seeing the fireflies in the Wyatt's entrance yeah even though they're not as big a deal as they once were I still love that the fans still bother to do that yeah I think the the Wyatt's are, are over as much as we, we've seen them take a nosedive yeah they've got past that line haven't they someone's got a nice little attack on titans sign as well with all the baby faces heads JBL tells us it's gonna be fun to watch like how JR used to call things bowling shoe ugly yeah Bray's accompanying the family at ringside and they nick Byron's chair from him so Bray can sit on it. Bray's rocking chair got destroyed by Undertaker, didn't it? Yeah. Could not just make a new one? <laughs> Although they're this supernatural force, I'm pretty sure they could find <laughs> find a new rocking chair somewhere. Can you not, like, stomach standing up as well for <laughs> ten minutes? I mean, have we got a rock- we've got a rocking chair here. We could we could send it over. Yeah. We're a rocking chair in the college. <laughs> Yeah, why not? We've got it in props. If you need a rocking chair, (laughs) give us a call. (laughs) At the start of this match, it's Rowan and Ryback. And Rowan does a little, got your nose, pinched on Ryback. (laughs) Ryback does a dropkick from the second rope really early on. Commentary couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, wow. (laughs) This big meaty man, he's doing the dropkick from the second rope. It's like, Wow. This is where I miss Jim Ross. I watched when the Wyatts were beating down Ryback like the first time around. Bray did the Sister Abigail on the floor. Cole just like went matter-of-factly, Sister Abigail. No drama whatsoever. If this was Jim Ross, he'd be like, Back on! Back on! Sister Abigail! On the floor! You monster! So this is deadly. He just hit his finisher on the floor. Sell it, please. That was so uncanny, that voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh, Harper got a drop kick as well. It was only on the floor, though. 
We then get a really unremarkable beat down by Strowman. Right, this is what I liked about Big Show's role in this match. He didn't have much time legally in the match. There was one point he was in there and he was really surprisingly quick doing the motor stomping. But when the family were beating down on Ryback, he got the fans behind him. He was like, Phoebe Moore! And started to run those chants up as well. And then later on, they're beating down on Kane and he gets the fans to rally behind them as well. Yeah. Pretty impressive considering who really cares about him now and he's turned a lot, so... He's only just recently turned as well. I think that that's a, a good thing on Shaw's part, is that whichever side he falls on, he takes the fans with him, mm. which is a good thing. Because when he's healed, the fans absolutely hate him. Yeah. And when he's faced, like we saw at Fastlane, they get behind him. Well, he's genuinely, genuinely a nice guy as well, yeah. so it's very easy for him to play the baby face. Yeah. Kane got the tag, he runs wild with a few moves, like his running DDT. And he big boots a couple of people, but then Rowan boots him off the apron, and the Wyatts beat him down instead. Big rest hold by Harper. Braun misses his big boot in the corner, and he tumbles all the way to the outside. This is one of those awkward things with Braun, where I'm like, was all of that planned? Like Clearly he was meant to miss yeah. the boot, because that was the point where Kane got the tag, but he like the way he went all the way outside, is this him being really green? Again? Overzealous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back cues a hot tag for Ryback. This is the only interesting portion of the match for me. He's really, really good. He hits a big series of running knees and slams on Harper. He doesn't get gassed at all. It's really impressive. He hits a running power slam, but then Eric Rowan flies off the top rope to break the count. That was pretty impressive as well. He hits a choke slam for his troubles. Then Show sends Braun over the top rope and press slams Harper onto the other members of the family and spears Strowman on the outside to take him out. Meat hook by Ryback. Finish it. Bray distracts him though, and that allows Harper to get a, a schoolboy for two. I don't like that. Like that was one of their only hope spots in this match. It's a little schoolboy from a distraction. Yeah. They're these big monsters. Give them something a bit more, you know. Yeah. Super kick by Rowan. The cameras miss Kane hitting Bray with a big boot on the outside, as Ryback counters a power bomb with a sloppy, sloppy-looking shell shock. It was really lucky that he didn't hurt Harper here shoulders hanging out and everything that got the free to win it for the baby faces in 10 minutes 37 seconds what'd you make of this match Kyle? didn't we say in the first episode that we thought the Wyatts would take the Titans out we were assuming it on what we thought the plans would be for the Wyatts later on yeah but we'll, we'll get to that I, I enjoyed the match the shock was that the Titans won yeah because I was expecting the Wyatts to win like we said about the big show, for me, I think he controlled the match, the way that he brought the fans with him. And also, just a, a point to pick up, I noticed it a little bit in the Rumble, but I did notice it a lot on Fastlane. I don't know whether it's because the cameras are now much closer to the superstars, but you can hear the superstars speak to each other. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. And I, I think it's much more noticeable now over the last few years than it ever has been. There's certain people that are really bad for this. Yeah. John Cena, Paige, terrible for calling spots out. Yeah. There was one match Big Show had with Ryback, like when Ryback had just turned heel. Matthew from Boxermania basically called it the conversation on the pole match. Because <laughs> Big Show was like guiding him through. It was like, ready, ready. Okay, kick, kick, kick me. Yeah, I do. The one that I can remember was the Elimination Chamber. Oh, God, yes. When it completely messed up and Dolph pretty much ran the show yeah. <laughs> Telling everyone close on me close on me please 
But yeah, I, I do think it's much more noticeable now. But getting back to the match, I didn't like the Wyatts. I wasn't impressed with any of the Wyatts in this match. No. I just think that, like we we keep saying, that they're in limbo at the moment. They need either a, a meaty storyline or go single. I quite liked, you know, when they split off. One went yep. face, one went heel. I quite liked that. And then they came back and I thought, oh, great, big push. Mm. Nothing's come of it. I liked Harper's running back. They did not do enough with Rowan. He yeah, just Rowan, came out. Yeah. Yeah, he just came out and was like, oh, he's on Cena's Survivor Series team now. No explanation, no justification. All of a sudden, he's this genius guy that can play guitar and stuff. Yeah. I can get why they tried to make Rowan the face in that situation because he had the sheet masks and stuff. That, you know, they'd imagine that would appeal to the kids and that. Well, I mean, outside of Bray, of course, but Harper is definitely the workhorse in this team. He's the one they should, you know, push on. Yeah, the, the White family were very ordinary in this match. Lots of unremarkable beatdowns, maintaining control. The only bit I liked was Ryback running wild at the end. Oh, and Big Show's role as well, like we were talking. Yeah. Those are the only real high points. Next night on Raw, guess what happens? 50 50 booking drink! Yeah. The Wyatts win. I guess the difference was Bray was in the match instead of... Oh, yeah, naturally. Naturally, that's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryback walked out on his partners as well. Yeah, he wants to go single. Yeah, but he's not turned heel, though. He's just beating up, like, social outcasts and that now. Yeah. But oh. is is that a drop-down? I mean, Wyatt's not really up to much anyway. Still, Wyatt popularity to social outcast popularity, you kind of... Yeah, definitely. The way it works, they need someone weaker to work with him to re-establish him, yeah. him as a stronger guy. So if they're doing this to move him on to highlighting him in a, in a bigger role, it's fine. If he's going to eternally like wrestle every one of them one-on-one for the next month or so, nah, not having it. No. We then get a backstage interview with Roman Reigns. He tells us to throw our expectations out of the window because nothing will be the same. Dean Ambrose interrupts and claims the loser will have to hitchhike to WrestleMania. And he's booked his journey on Priceline. I've seen some American company thing. His hair, like, it's not as wet here. It's so much fairer now. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with hair in this episode. <laughs> oh, the, the, other, the other hair bit as well. I like Harper, but he needs to do something about that bald spot. Yeah, it's, it's a little more weird. and more noticeable. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's when the when the chilling and relaxing. Maybe that's where Bray has his elbow. He's <laughs> <laughs> just rubbing. <laughs> I've got a perfect place to take a rest here. My magic arm can't hold much more. Anyway, the brothers both agree that Brock isn't winning the match. We then get the video package for the Divas Championship match, which of course shoehorns in Daniel Bryan's retirement trying to get people to get sympathy for Brie. And there was that one segment on the show before, absolutely atrocious delivery from both girls here. Terrible, terrible. It shouts like, what I have become? It's like, have you ever played House of the Dead 2? Yep. It's like that kind of delivery, like, can't be your yeah. suffer like she did? <laughs> God. Yeah, it was like you, you were trying to pull the lines out. There was no flow at all. No, no. <laughs> this is not how people would talk in a regular conversation. That leads us on to match number four. It's the WWE Divas Championship match. Quote, unquote, Charlotte. With her father, Ugh. Ric Flair. God. 
versus Brie Bella, not with Alicia Fox. Mm, yeah, I did wonder about that. She's trying to do the honourable babyface thing. I'm doing this alone, yeah. on my own skill. It'd be nice to have some sort of hint towards that, though. We just kind yeah. of gathered that ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't remember it coming up on commentary at all. If they're still associated with each other, Charlotte would be squashing Alicia in the run-up to this and stuff. Bree is wearing Daniel Bryan's Bruiser Brody-esque shin guards in tribute to him. And, of course, she's yesing as she comes out to the ring. I, right, if you're not going to yes for Daniel Bryan, I categorically hope you are not yesing for Brie Bella in this match. Hmm. You're, you're going to do it just to piss me off, aren't you? <laughs> no, the thing is, is that I can't stand Charlotte and Ric Flair. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm yesing for Brie Bella. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, is, this is the wrong way round. <sighs> These NXT girls are supposed to cleanse us of this Bella mess. If it was any other diva on the roster... Actually, no. Do you know what? If it was Charlotte without Ric Flair, I may be on Charlotte's team. Oh, okay, right. I think Ric Flair just ruins it. When We said this on the last episode. Yeah. They need to just get rid. Mm. You keep him in the company, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying get rid of him completely, but... No. Leave him to be pissed out of his school on some WWE 2K yeah. event. Fire Jim Ross over it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Bree's music is atrocious. Bree mode! I'm not an expert here. Like The only thing from Total Divas I've ever seen is OSW's episode on it and the first episode Paige was in. Isn't Brie mode when Brie gets piss and drunk on a night out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's... We're on the Brie mode lines there. Yeah. Whenever she does the Brie mode, she goes to the dropkick, she always misses the dropkick. That's where the drunk's coming in. <laughs> she is drunk, yes. <laughs> Early on, Brie goes to attack the arm. She uses this overhang wrist lock that takes ages getting Charlotte down and a dodgy somersault out of an arm drag counter. Brie then mocks Flair's strut. It's shit. You can't do it. Just like uh, earlier on in the match, Charlotte mocked the yeses. Brie then uses Nikki's snap back to get a near fall. And Charlotte escapes the yes kicks and gets this really, really lame Frankensteiner while she's lying down on the apron to take Brie on the outside. It's just in slow motion. Yeah. My biscuit's falling in my brain. <laughs> when I saw that, like the first time I watched it, mm. I did think that oh, it was wrong. <laughs> this wrestling, it's not on the level really, and is then, it? And then I realised, well, I didn't realise, I just thought, Charlotte's huge. Yeah, yeah, she's when she, really When tall, she came yeah. over the ropes afterwards, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time I noticed it, although she's probably been tall for the last few years on NXT yeah it's not like Stacey Keeble level where all of her spots are around her legs but you know her head scissor thing and all that yeah Charlotte then decides to nick a Nikki Bella move trying to go for the Alabama slam but it's blocked for a sunset flip for two there's then this appalling attempt at a yes lock by Brie Bella she's like dragging Charlotte along like she's a dog on a leash or something or she's like trying to someone trying to control a yo-yo that can't like <laughs> That then leads into another, even more woeful move. It's crucifix for two. Charlotte goes through a head scissor routine. There's an awful timing on a drop toe hold that allows Bree to hit a knee in the ropes and, again, uses Nikki's forearm. That gets a near fall. And Ch- Charlotte uses her father's chops. That's exactly what this match needed. Another move used in tribute of someone. 
So many tributes in this match. People nicking Brian's moves, people nicking Nikki's moves, nicking Flair's moves. And they did the flash strut as well. And the, the, the struts, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, not just moves, and it poses and stuff as well. Oh, just let Charlotte be her own woman. Do you remember when Hogan first came into TNA and he put Ric Flair with AJ Styles? Yeah. And he was the nature boy AJ Styles in the robe and stuff and using the figure four. No, 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 no. That's where you just get booked wrong. No matter how good of a wrestler you are, like mm. the talent that AJ's got, when you get booked like that... It's... Dead in the water. Yeah. Really crap roll-up gets two for Bree. The figure eight gets countered into a series of drop kicks, and on one of them, Bree lands awkwardly on her knee. Ooh, shoehorning the story here. The yes kicks and the X factor get two. Then the figure eight gets countered into a yes lock, and Bree turns it into a nice tequila sunrise, like a half crab with the arm still tied. Then there's a random dodgy break here. Bree just gets kicked off into the ropes at some point, for no reason at all. I was thinking that Flair was going to interrupt at this point because they were shouting at each other mm. during that bit and Flair's giving it all he, all he can as he does Yeah, and that's what I was expecting and then all of a sudden she just flips out Cole on commentary tried to make out that her leg was giving way from landing awkwardly on the drop kick not buying it at all no, not buying that so Charlotte locks in the figure 8 to get Bree to tap out at 12 minutes 26 seconds woeful timing, woeful moves woeful tributes and they shoot, try to shoehorn in a little story at the end with the knee. Worst match I've seen on pay-per-view since this whole Divas revolution for me. Agreed. Go back to talk Divas, Brie. <laughs> They've been pairing her with Lana lately. Oh my, I'm dreading what's going to happen there. Lana's never been in the ring in her life. Oh, what a nightmare. Oh, dear me. Because they, they kind of hinted at it on Raw, didn't they? When she came out and she started clapping. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to. That's about the halfway point in the show. Well, in the pay-per-view. So why don't we talk music and stuff instead then? I've got two questions for you. Okay. Number one, if you were to have an entrance theme to come into a wrestling match, an already used wrestling theme, which would it be? Oh, okay. I like Disturbs Stone Cold theme. That's amazing. Yeah, if it had to be one that was already used. Oh, Warriors. Okay, so then part B of the question, an original track that you hear on the radio or in your home, what would you choose? If you if you had a character and you went to Vince, right, I want this track as my entrance music. There's two that come to mind. There's this Stereophonics song called Superman. It's yep. a really, really cool intro. I think that sounds really good coming out. And then... You cut it to the first chorus. I think that sounds really good. The other one, when I used to feel about with Create a Wrestler, I used to make this guy where I pick all the moves that would like be knockouts, could possibly knock someone out, so I called him K.O. Jones. Yeah. And there's this song by Star Sailor called Faith, Hope, Love. Yeah. I figured, like, the lyrics go, Faith, Hope, Love, be enough. But if you replace that with K.O. Jones, beat him up. Yeah. Nice. I love that. Nice. What about you, Kai? Okay, so, for actual wrestling theme, it would be The Brood. Oh, you read oh, da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I used to love that when the lights went out and the fire started on the stage. Mm. And then the Hardys became The Brood. <laughs> yeah. 
it didn't work so well when we didn't have the ramp to sneak under though. Yeah. Oh, is it? Hey, we're in the middle of Oh dear. Then my original would be Foo Fighters, The Pretender, mm. but without the lyrics. So that, oh, so that original right at the beginning. Yeah. That would be, so it'd be Kevin Owens-esque, where he kind of, the beginning packs that punch. Mm. You come out, they would be my choices. I used to imagine that would be a good one for like a video package with a few for The Undertaker. Like if someone was like, oh, you're not really dead, you make believe and that. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'd love to hear from you if you've had any particular wrestling music you can use as well. Yeah, tweet us, comment, Facebook, however you want to. Everything. Come, we're, come and find us. We're, yeah, we're, we're open. We're all wide open! <laughs> so, up next is AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho. They do a video package for it. They even use some footage of AJ from when he was in WCW in 2001. Because they have the rights. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all they've got the rights. Yeah. There's a little photo of him with the IWDP belt as well. But like that's it. I completely forgot. Like I, I remember his tag partner. He, he he was in a tag team with a guy called Air Paris, and he was called Air Styles. Yeah. I remember Air Paris. I don't remember Air Styles. I don't know why. No. Weren't they called Air Raid or something Some, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's Air Air something. Yeah. Yes. I do vaguely remember that. Mm, that was like the dying death no days of WCW. Yeah. Like l- literally weeks from getting cancelled. I-, I laughed as well. There was a, in the video package, there was a sign that said BJ Styles. AJ's Raw debut, he beat Jericho. Jericho beat him again in the rematch on SmackDown and then eventually accepted AJ's challenge for a tiebreaker match. A lot of the build up here has been. The Miz has been the make weight. You, you get this a lot when there's a babyface versus babyface feud. There's a heel in between where they can like wrestle with in between. What do you make of Miz's role in this? I thought he was quite decent, really. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of the Miz, but in this, the way that he he comes across heel, because mm. he he's very good at heel. As much as I hate him, he's very good at yes. heel. And yet to do his the Miz show or whatever it's called, he's. <sighs> Uh, Mrs. World, uh, yeah, Disneyland, uh... any any of the above. The yeah, I know what you mean about having the make weight in there, yeah. and it works. It does. Mm-hmm. But I like I like AJ Styles and Chris Jericho heel or face. But you know the, when he's he's come back, he's tried to come back as this this cocky face, if you will. And yeah, it it, it plays off Miz. It's good. It's mm-hmm. good. I like it. Yeah. So there's this pre-match interview they have with Jericho I quite like, like this too he claims that one loss doesn't hurt his legacy in WWE Jer- Jericho says WWE too fast WWE WWE come on enunciate he claims you're only as good as your last match and he beat AJ in the last match together so he's in the driver's seat and we'll find out if AJ is phenomenal tonight See, I love this, playing mind games with AJ Styles and subtly trying to get the fans to favour AJ over him because, well, AJ's going to... Spoilers, AJ's going to be the one going over, you know? Yeah. But the same as well, in that interview, you knew who was going to win the match because the way that he says if AJ Styles loses tonight, his career's already over. Yeah. If AJ Styles was going to lose, then that would be a concrete statement from Jericho so it would just pretty much kill AJ Styles' career Mm. 
straight away. So you kind of, as soon as he says that, you kind of think, okay, so AJ Styles is winning this match. Yeah. It's another one of those rumble tweets that Mark Henry did. Mm-hmm. It's another Marco Cole. Oh, Lesnar's decimating yeah. the White family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so match number five. It's AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho. Early on, they try to both get their submission moves in and they escape. So AJ, what I've liked about the way he's been used on television is he's got a lot of finishes. They had him beat Axel with the Styles Clash. They had him beat one of the outcasts with the Springboard Forearm Smash. And he's won with this Calf Crusher as well. What do you make of that move, AJ having a submission? There's not many superstars now that have a variety of finishes. Because mm-hmm. you kind of go back a while to, to the Rock having the sharpshooter, the people's elbow, the Rock yeah. bottom. But then coming forward, not many people have various finishes. No. I mean, all right, Taker and Kane, you could say, yeah, they've got the tombstone and the choke slam. But the choke slam at the moment, yeah. you kind of it's become a super kick, yeah, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. It's bringing back the old school. Anything could finish an opponent off. Yeah, it tends to be if you've got a submission as your finisher, they tend to try to give you a pinfall finisher as well because quite often they want to avoid submissions if it's like a bit too definitive or humiliating for someone. There's a lot of submission wrestling in the women's wrestling now as well. If you think back, like to the two Divas matches tonight you had Becky with a disarm her Sasha Banks with a bank statement Paige just a PTO cross lock thing Breeze using the yes lock I guess and Charlotte's got the figure eight thing and even before that AJ had the Black Widow octopus stretch thing so yeah, yeah. it's surprising that's where the submission resurgence is yeah so back to this match the fans do some dueling AJ Styles Y2J chants really cool AJ hits a really sweet knee drop for two. I love the way he does his little knee drop. He like scissors his legs in the air to get extra height. Lots of back and forth here. Really, really good. Including a big drop kick from AJ and a huge back body drop by Y2J. Right. In this feud, there's all this, oh, AJ's in the big leagues now. What do you make of that stuff? It annoys me a little bit. It doesn't. It annoys me because essentially WWE get all the big superstars to ruin them in a way. At the moment, the way it's going, there's no way that AJ Styles is going to be a WWE champion. He should be. He's worthy of it. Yeah. But because of the way that they're going to go with, we need the big guys to be the, you know. Mm-hmm. Same with Samoa Joe. I think for superstars that have done so well around the world, they do it on purpose as a come down to say, so what if you've done it around the world, but you've never done it in WWE? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's why they do it, as annoying as it is for a fan. Because from a fan's point of view, we know that they can get up to that podium, if you will. Yeah, I can. I mean, I kind of get what they're saying. Like, well, you, you've not done anything here. There's lots more eyes on you now. You've got to step up and show us what you're made of. But they're making the disparity between WWE's level and the level that the yeah. guys have come in from way too big for me personally. The only way else that you can look at it is from a football, soccer view. Mm. If you would sign someone for your team, you're signing them from what you've seen. So surely you would sign them and bring them into the same position yeah. that they were. And instead, what happens is you sign a top person. So like from, from Japan, you sign AJ Styles, who was pretty much the top guy at the time. Yeah. And you bring him in to a mid-card. It's strange. It's like, it's like someone buying Cristiano Ronaldo and putting him on the bench. 
Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But I just think that they do that with quite a lot of big talent. Whether it's to shoot them down to say, you need to start again, or I don't know. I appreciate AJ being just on the main roster anyway. Oh, at yeah. At the very least. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he'd be well positioned to get a run with the you know, Intercontinental title or something like that as well. Yeah. WWE have a very small pool of guys they give the very, very top spots to. It, it would take a little while. He could earn his way up there. CM Punk earned his way up there. Yeah. Daniel Bryan earned his way up there. If if you're just a good enough hand in the ring, you'll get some opportunities at some point. You just won't be the guy, brother. You know? Yeah. Crossbody off the top by Y2J gets two, then puts him in the ask him rest hold. Ask him. Looks like Jericho saying that. Oh, but stop calling AJ a kid, please. He's 38. He's not a kid. AJ manages to get Jericho out of the ring, but his plancher gets drop kicked out of midair. They try to do his reverse DDT moonsault thing. They botch it up a bit. Jericho was too far away. Had to make out as like a side slam thing instead. The Styles Clash gets countered into the walls. Jericho. Well, the walls Jericho gets kicked off from and Jericho has to settle for an Enziguri for two. Jericho then hangs on from the ropes for a dropkick attempt and gets a big line salt. That only gets two as well. AJ had a great escape from a superplex attempt here as well. He's like wriggled out of there under between Jericho's legs. He then paylaid Jericho from the mat when Jericho was up on the turnbuckles. I love that. I love it when Joe does that as well. Yeah, it's a good spot to uh, to see. Definitely. This was not a good spot to see, though. Jericho nearly dropped AJ on his head. Yeah. Countering the Frankenstein with the walls of Jericho. Yeah, that made me cringe. AJ eventually gets to the ropes when he's in the walls of Jericho, but Jericho maintains the advantage and does the lion tamer outside. I love seeing the lion tamer. You can't do it on everyone because they're usually too big. Yeah. Styles is just about the right size where you can knee the post and the neck and stuff. It looks really vicious. AJ nearly gets counted out, but when he breaks the count at nine, he's met immediately with a code breaker, but his arm was under the bottom rope, so it killed that a bit. Jericho's butterfly backbreaker then gets counted with a Frankensteiner and AJ rolls all the way through and hauls Y2J up for the Styles Clash and it only gets two that was a really nice little exchange I thought no worry he quickly locks on the calf crusher and Y2J taps out eventually 16 minutes 20 what did you make of the match? I liked it Mm -hmm. it was a very good match AJ Styles as we know is a fantastic performer. Jericho's been a fantastic performer all his all his life. You can kind of tell they've put AJ Styles with Jericho, not only because they know each other anyway, yeah. but it's it's kind of AJ's way in. It's like his door into the company, if you will. But I, I've enjoyed all the battles that they've had, all the different matches. This one was particularly good. I liked the different moves that they, they used on each other. It felt like, um, like an experience experimentation match mm. whereas the the tried moves that they wouldn't normally try in a match there was a couple of those like at one point AJ was going for a spring ball forearm and Jericho kicked the rope out from under him rather than kicking AJ himself that, like that was a kind of spot where you needed to see it on the second time around to see exactly what happened and no, is it really worth it if you don't understand what's going on in the immediate thing? Yeah. There's a couple of times that happened but yeah again I, I appreciated the effort I really enjoyed the match I didn't think it was quite as good as the SmackDown match because of some of the little flubs and stuff, but it was the right result. AJ looked really, really good coming out of this match. It sort of served its purpose. 
which of their matches do you think has been their best? I think the one on Raw. Mm. I think the one on Raw, just because there was quite a lot of hype of it's kind of AJ Styles' on Raw. Yeah. And it was very blocked, which sometimes isn't a good thing because you can kind of tell this move's coming next, this move's coming next. But it just felt natural. Like there was, mm. high, there was, I don't think there was any fluff really in the, in the match just because they wanted to try and make sure that AJ came across right. But yeah, I know I know what you mean about the, the SmackDown match, because that was, that was also good. When you were saying about hair before, uh, yeah. I just want to bring this into. I don't like AJ Styles' hair. Oh, I thought <laughs> not, yeah. He needs to go back to his TNA short back and sides. <laughs> not too short, though. Get that fringe out of your face. Yeah. TNA have got this AJ Styles DVD coming out. And there was a really old picture of AJ with his really, really short hair. It looks so weird seeing him like that. So I don't know. It'd be an adjustment. Maybe I could get used to it. Oh, I like... You know how he has the phenomenal logo on his gloves? Yeah. I like how they're letting him use that now. He didn't kind of do the glove thing at first because I don't think they cleared the logo or something initially. Yeah, it was kind of blocked when he did it, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he just didn't bother posing. But you could tell that it was too cheap to buy new gloves without them on. Yeah. Jericho, after the match, shook his hand after teasing, you know, fighting again, and AJ accepted it. They're tagging together now. Why two AJ? Why two AJ? It's a thing. It's an actual thing. They're bringing <laughs> T-shirts out. Oh, seriously? Yep. Yeah. Like loads of people seem to be under the impression they're doing this so Jericho is going to turn on AJ again and ask for one more match at WrestleMania. Maybe if they've got T-shirts. It may not do. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise that. Hmm. We'll see how that goes. Okay, we now come to the absolute drizzling shits of Fastlane for me. Yep. It's the Cutting Edge Peep Show with special guests, The New Day. Oh, Edge and Christian, they bring Tony Chimmel back to announce them. They could go, The Rated R Superstar! <laughs> I, I kind of like that oh wow so, so for those of you unable to see Kyle's just showing me the Y2AJ shirt here what this cold breaking and risk taking oh that's so <laughs> 80s if only they were allowed to use the stuff from outside of the WWE so they could go cold breaking and net breaking <laughs> yeah. AJ's clash oh god so for only $21.99, you can pick your Y2AJ shirt up. Oh, man. <laughs> Imagine if they actually turn on each other on Monday. <laughs> oh. All these kids burning the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So Tony Chimmel's back and Cole's like, who let Chimmel in the building? Cole unrelentlessly bullies Tony Chimmel. Yeah. You ever heard that there's like a little audio clip? Tony Chimmel's going like, the following uh, contest is for the World Wrestling Federation uh, Women's uh, Championship. And Cole's like, it's women's! <laughs> it's women's! <laughs> Are there any announcer affectations that you like? You know, like a rated R superstar? The, um, well, again, I'm going to say the Triple H one. The you bloody shit! And the, the cerebral assassin! Yeah. <laughs> Just overdo every single word that comes out. Yeah, <laughs> just take five minutes listing off Triple H's monikers. The 14 time world champion, the king of kings, the cerebral assassin. 
The game himself. The game, yeah, yeah. Howard Finkel in the early 90s, like, when he'd announce the Rockers, he'd be like, The Rockers! Yeah. He's like, that little pause did it for me. Oh, yeah, and when he'd go, The Ultimate Warrior! I love that. It, it was the same with The Undertaker. The, ulti- the Ultimate bit and The Undertaker was exactly the same. Mm, yeah. The Undertaker! Undertaker! <laughs> Edge and Christian plug their show, they poke fun at last man's storm, and then they get interrupted by the New Day. So it's out with the old, in with the New Day! Sucks. <laughs> Did you see the sign in the crowd, New, new Day is soft? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that fan would be so disappointed. Right, listen back to our first episode about how excited we were. Maybe we're going to get Enzo and Cass, and then we get this absolute shit storm here. Oh, have you heard Trinity Mirror have done a new daily paper you'll never guess what it's called go on The New Day there's a newspaper called The New Day oh. I've not read it but I think it's safe to assume New Day Sucks New Day Sucks yeah Savi does some really weird beep bop boop thing yeah some sort of <laughs> rap box beatbox thing yeah Edge says initially on New Day I've never seen so much chocolate act so much vanilla. And then accuses them of gimmick infringement. New Day then claim they're above making local sports teams jokes, but then they make one about Labooty James anyway. Yeah. They then nick Canyon's gimmick. Who better than New Day? Christian had an awful Rusev impression. It sounded more Japanese than Bulgarian. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's all I was thinking when I was watching. I was thinking, I'm pretty sure that's a Japanese... Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. <laughs> number one! Ah! Oh, Las Vegas, number one! <laughs> Caesar's Palace, number one! It's all Edge and Christian trying to stir the pot to get them like to say bad stuff about the League of Nations. But Xavier's already pissed off at them because their name sounds like the League of Legends. Some online MMO thing, I think. So the League of Nations eventually come out and interrupt. So Seamus is out, so the fans are chanting, you look stupid. And Seamus goes, that's right, Cleveland! The New Day do look stupid! Nice little improv for Seamus there. Oh yeah, one of the things we forgot to talk about last time is apparently Wade Barrett is not going to renew his contract in the summer. Yes. Are you going to miss him? I'm not going to miss him at all. The only thing that I have going for him is that he's a local lad. From Northwest. He's the most cockney Prestoner I've ever heard. Like, yeah. All right, mate. I'll weigh better. I'll break your nose because I'm a big metal fighter, ain't it? You've still got to support your local talent. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But especially recently, all the British guys, their gimmick isn't I'm British. Yeah. Neville is like, oh, he's a flippy, exciting high fly guy. Paige, well, she was this anti diva. I don't know what the hell she is now. Barrett's had loads of gimmicks. None yeah. of them have been like, oh, British me. They've all been bad news. Yeah. Oh, that's what it should have happened. I know you're expecting Enzo and Big Cass right now, but I'm afraid I've got some <laughs> bad news. <laughs> anyway, New Day refused to fight because Sunday is a day of rest. What about every other Sunday there's a pay-per-view? They forgot about that one, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seamus calls Edge and Christian hit replacement candidates and Justin Bieber fanboys. Del Rio's all like, ah, Edge, I retired you. And Edge was like, 
well, I still achieved more in this ring than you did subsequently. <laughs> not an ounce of truth to that. That is not possible. No. Did you not think that the humour in this was very forced? There was humour in this? Exactly. They, they, they was trying to be funny, but they forced it. Mm. Whereas I think Edge and Christian, they don't need to force being funny. They just are funny. Yeah. I just think this segment was kind of go out there and make the crowd laugh. And they kind of forced it through. Yeah. Not... Some people did laugh, but it's just like a nervous Out of laugh, embarrassment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Edge and Christian then leave as well because they can't do anything physical. Like, Edge has said this like about him coming back. Well, I can't get physically involved in anything. Where's the payoff? So where's the payoff of this? All of the baby, quote-unquote, baby faces in this match just walked away. Walked away from a fight. What the fuck is that? Mm. <sighs> Although Christian could technically... If you wanted to. Yeah, but... I know you would want to see Edge more than you would Christian, but... I guess. The... Vince wouldn't like that, though. You know how Christian had this creepy little bastard moniker? Yeah. That's apparently down to Vince doesn't like his face. Apparently, he had a conversation with some people in Creative one time. like, can't we just black out his face with a big blue dot? Seriously, apparently that happened. Right, well, it's funny you should say that. Uh-huh. In the first episode of the Edge and Christian show... Oh, Vince is in it, isn't he? Vince is in it. Yeah. And he catches Edge and Christian in his office. Yeah. He says to Edge first about all that he's done in wrestling, blah, blah, blah. And then Christian's like, well, what about me? And he goes, I don't like your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay, that, that wins some points for me. So I take it you watch the show then. Yeah, it's brilliant. Is it good? It's really good. It looks like a massive hot mess. It is. It's it's such a hot mess that it's good. Oh, okay. Oh. It's Edge and Christian on acid. Right. That's that's the only way I can describe it. Oh, okay. I refuse to watch it in protest of this awful segment. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it someday then. The only worthwhile image was... New Day were twerking and Edge was like flitting dollar bills at them. He was doing it over Kofi. Like, no, give Big E your money. Yeah. Big E is the bloody money maker. Well, I liked the little spot of when they spoke to Kofi about him losing his Jamaican accent. Uh-huh. That was quite good. I still think that Triple H did the best in DX when he said to Kofi because Kofi answered him back in straight English. You know, when he had his Jamaican his Jamaican accent uh-huh. and they did a segment with DX and Triple H asked him a question and he must have forgot that he had to have a Jamaican accent uh. and he answered it in his Boston accent and Triple H was like well that's not Jamaican <laughs> oh dear and ever since then they've dropped it <laughs> you're a black guy right you're Jamaican <laughs> oh, anyway. that's exactly how Vince thinks though we are making fun of Vince, but that is exactly how we think. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not joking. <laughs> oh, right. Speaking about the way Vince McMahon thinks, what was he thinking this next bit? So the social outcasts just turn up. Like, okay, the social outcasts are here. Filler. <laughs> Filler time. They make automobile puns. Bo gives us traffic safety tips. I can't tell you that, though. Rose called them four beautiful Priuses. Oh, did you get the Husky Harris reference as well? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Slater goes, you can't have a Ferrari engine in a tank. Apparently, so match number six, Curtis Axel is going to wrestle our truth This match is so worthless here, I think I could sum this up in four sentences. Our truth does the splits after a leapfrog to spook Axel and gets a big hip toss. The social outcasts 
distract the referee and interfere and celebrate with the bow train. Actually, the bow train's kind of worthwhile. Goldusen comes out and interferes on behalf of R-Truth, but he throws Adam Rose in the ring accidentally, and that distracts R-Truth to let Curtis Axel roll him up for free at 2 minutes 23 seconds. I think that was more than four sentences. I'm not too sure. Might have been five. Yeah. <laughs> literally worthless. This is exactly what I was saying about at the beginning of this podcast when Callisto and Del Rio yes. could easily fill another match. Yeah. Why was that there? Well, obviously it didn't achieve anything in like two minutes. No. Give this time to the main event. Yeah. Or was this was this another WrestleMania moment of you know when they was waiting for the ta- uh, for the Taker match and it hadn't gone dark yet mm. and they did like a little segment didn't they maybe Brock hadn't turned up yet maybe he was waiting in his <sighs> in his gold plated plane too busy ploughing his wife yeah. <laughs> no, whatever he, what, what was he said in that victory speech one time like, I'm going to go home and lay on my yeah. pile of money and plough my wife or something I don't know Sounds like a Floyd Mayweather. Oh, he power him in a different way. Like the post match, right? There is one fan who is desperate for Golden Truth to be a thing. Literally, only one fan. Like Golden Truth, Golden Truth. It's okay, Truth. He was just trying to help. Mm. They try to return it to the Booker T and Goldust chemistry, but no, it's not going to work. This is a television storyline. It did not need to be on the pay-per-view just because it's happening on television, doesn't Whatever. Anyway, it's finally time for the main event. It's brother versus brother versus beast. The video package covers Ambrose wanting to go to Suplex City, Roman warning him off, and Heyman getting into the babyface's heads. The video package finishes on an image of Triple H posing with the title at the Royal Rumble. I missed this the first time round, Someone held up a sign of a turd emoji behind him as he was doing it. <laughs> I loved it! This is, of course, sacrilege for you, but still. What do you make of the way that they try to vaguely tease tension between Roman and Dean in the build-up to this match? I think it's needed for the, the story to go forward because mm. you kind of get that Dean and Roman are going to work together because of the way that Brock is. Yeah. So you, you understand that before it's going to happen. But then... The tension's there because, yeah, once they've got rid of Brock, we still need a winner. Yeah. Yeah, I like that they play that into it because it is needed. I don't know. I've heard rumblings about Dean maybe going heel, but he's he's very, very good at face. So I think they might drop the ball there if they do turn him. Oh, God. Stop making super-duper babyface Roman Reigns a thing, right? Yeah. Just, I hope that doesn't happen. Oh yeah, so on the last episode, you had issues with Brock being in the match. I had issues with Roman being in the match. I forgot, Brock did actually get a one-on-one rematch at Battleground. Yeah. But it ended in a big schmoz when Taker came out. So he was still kind of technically entitled to a championship match. So that might have worked in his favour. But then they need to explain that. Well, exactly, they didn't explain it. The other thing I thought as well, there was a segment at the Rumble where Heyman met Stephanie to try and renegotiate Brock's deal. So maybe he used that as a thing to hold a buffer. Like, well, if you give him a title match, you can ask for this money instead of this much money, you know, or something. Yeah. So that might have worked. So the main event is a triple threat match. The winner faces Triple H at WrestleMania. 
It's Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, accompanied by Paul Heyman. And oh yeah, this is Ambrose's home state. It is, yeah. They, they quite liked him. But it's interesting, they seemed to favour Brock when it was between Dean and Brock on quite a few occasions, I thought. I think it's because it's it's beast mode. I think that's what they like. They like a destroyer, don't they? Like the opposite of Brie mode. Yeah. <laughs> beast mode! Can you imagine Brock with one of the unicorn New Day things? Like no. that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can find a gift somewhere or a picture somewhere. Will someone do that? Will someone photoshop <laughs> the New Day unicorn on Brock Lesnar's head? But yeah, please. Let, let's see that. <laughs> the moment Roman Reigns' music hits, some people in the crowd put up this big no banner. Like, no! <laughs> Go away! We don't want him! Oh, and someone that Roman walked by in the crowd had a tap-out hoodie on. Yeah, I did notice that. Ooh, it's not out until April, though. What's going on here? Merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> Brock gets introduced by Heyman instead of Lillian, and Heyman's like, Fighting out of the Withers Corner! What's that? Is there a big rivalry between Minnesota and Ohio or something? Yeah, because I, I noticed the fan reaction with that. Mm. Maybe. We need to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look into that. Any Americans, do Minnesota and Ohio hate each other or something? Let us know. So, naturally, Brock takes charge of this match. He hits a couple of German suplexes on Roman. A third is only prevented by Dean drop-kicking him in the back from the top rope. Wow. Dean goes for a German on Brock, but it's blocked with this arm-trapping belly-to-belly. looked awesome. Even better, Dean tries a suicide dive on Brock, but Brock catches him and belly to belly suplexes him on the outside one fell swoop loved it, loved that spot it drew suplex city chance he hits more Germans and an F5 to Roman but Dean breaks the count oh, Dean slapped Brock in the face do you reckon that was planned? they, they missed. I think it was definitely planned they mistimed it a little bit Like Brock went in too early well that's, that's why I ask was it planned mm. because, because of the way that it was They've definitely got this story where Dean's just like glutton for punishment and he wants to see if he can survive against Brock to legitimise himself. So he gets kneed the bejesus out of him and German twice. Yeah, this is where I was talking about the fans. They chanted one more time after Ambrose got suplexed. He goes for the F5 on Dean, but Rain spears him. Brock was really good here, so he like threw Dean out of his grip. Really, really safe, really, really nice. Like got him all the way over range so he didn't land awkwardly on anyone or hurt anyone. Yeah, the spear only got two though. Superman Punch then forces Brock to roll to the outside and Reigns jumps off the ring steps right into an F5 attempt. But Dean low-blowed him. And Heyman went absolutely psychotic at this. Yeah. You can't low-blow him! <laughs> it's an ODQ match. It's fine. The only point that I actually realised... Oh yeah, it's no DQ and a triple threat was later on. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're right. that's, that's when I clicked and I was like, "Oh shit, yeah." yeah. <laughs> the low blow, it didn't click. I just thought, okay, we'll, we'll carry on with that. Well, yeah. So how do you work a DQ in like? You could send the perpetrator to the back, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Just to reinforce it, it's no DQ. The two ex Shield guys do the Shield bomb through the Spanish announce table on Brock gets holy shit chance right. then they wait 
forever until finally Dean attacks Roman. They yeah. waited too long. Brock is down. Beat each other up. It's your chance to win. It was always going to be Dean that attacks Roman because they want Roman to be as face as possible. Uh-huh. So why have Roman attack Dean? That's how I see it. Yeah. Dean's the less stable as well and the yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. In the build-up to this, Roman's not wanted any of Lesnar here. He's just like sat back like, oh yeah, okay, hi Brock. Yeah. You're beating up Dean now, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's five grand, yeah. <laughs> uh, a standing elbow drop gets two for Dean and back in the ring and he hits the rebound lariat, but then he spots Brock start to get up. So he directs traffic and gets him and Roman to do the shield bomb for the English announce table this time. And the fans are asking for them to do it again through the German table, but they just bury him under the rubble. I noticed Heyman run round to try and take all the stuff off. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good manager there. Yeah, interesting turn of events here. The German table, the only table left standing. <laughs> hmm. Is there a story in that? <laughs> <laughs> Said. German efficiency or something. <laughs> Don't mention Zavar. Yeah, so this time Roman attacks Dean, but like you say, Dean attacked him first, so it's just yeah. you know a receipt in kind. Like he does the float over single arm power bomb thing, but it gets blocked. Only for Dean to leap off the ropes into a Superman punch. Ooh, ah! Dean gets a knee up from the spear and hits the dirty deeds, but it only gets two. Back to our little. WrestleMania cliche booking here, drinking game. Dean points to the WrestleMania sign. Drug. What have you other top cliches you hate seeing? Getting onto the announce table frustrates me. You know when someone's won. Yeah. Why do you need to go onto the announce table? Number one, it's unstable. Uh-huh. Okay. So surely that's going through your head <laughs> because it's collapsed quite a few times. Yeah. And number two, why are you showing off right in front of the announcers? You've got a whole ring there for the audience to see. Mm. <laughs> what celebrating the ring with the turbuckles? That bugs me. That's a, that's another cliche that everyone seems to do. We've had loads of them tonight. Yeah. Road to WrestleMania puns. Fifty-fifty booking. Oh, SummerSlam, biggest party of the summer. <laughs> How many times are they going to plug that in August? It's a contact sport yeah. as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the biggest party of the summer. Yeah, Brock versus Undertaker. What a party. <laughs> Beat the shit out of each other. Like, you know. Another Dirty Deeds gets countered into a Samoan drop attempt. But, oh, holy fuck, right? Brock sneaks up from behind. Germans Roman as he's Samoan drops Dean. Hellacious spot. Love that. Rain spears Brock again. But he gets locked into the Kimura. I've not seen this in ages. Like, Was it Taker the last Taker time? Taker the yeah. last time, yeah. He doesn't really use it that much anymore. The finish is Roman deadlifts Brock all the way up and Ambrose whacks Brock in the back with a chair over and over again. I bet he whacks Reigns with a chair over and over again. One last chair shot sends Brock all the way out of the ring. But Ambrose turns right into a spear by Roman Reigns and that gets the free at 16.04 to send Roman Reigns onto WrestleMania. What came next, Kyle? Right, so... <laughs> The King of Kings arrived. It's the best 90 seconds of the show. <laughs> Triple H is out to stare down with Roman. Looking good in a suit. In his suit. <laughs> holding the title up. Staring at the WrestleMania side another again. spot. Yeah. yeah, drink. Other than Triple H showing up at the end. What did you make of the match? Very strong match. I was. I had my reservations for it because 
I don't really like triple threats. Mm. It's it's one of them of you've got to knock one guy out, so it's always a single. This is always a single match. Yeah. But yeah, there's very strong spots, and I think Brock made that match because of how built he is and how strong he is. They could do the spots that they did, catching yeah. Ambrose, doing the suplex with the small and drop. Yeah, it's very strong. It's just a shame the fans aren't over with Roman. Else, it'd mm. have been a bigger pop at the end. Smart not to pin Brock because that leaves it open for the Dean Brock situation. The part time is never going to do the job for the full time. I like. Yeah. I agree. Brock had the best spots in this match. He was the centerpiece of this match. I thought it could have gone a bit longer because I love this match. It was great. Easily the best match of the night for me. At the end, Roman was actually selling his arm was hurt from the Kimura as well. He only raised one hand. I like that as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My line here. Triple H comes out with the belt to stare down with Reigns. Kyle just jizzed. <laughs> it's close. Close. <laughs> <laughs> so, two things from this. One, no Bray Wyatt interference, as we were expecting. Yeah. And two, they didn't do the last minute switch and give up on Roman. Yeah, maybe they're not because of what's coming up next. So you know, remember last time I was saying they could have a filler title defense for Triple H against Ambrose. Guess what's yeah. coming up at Roadblock? <laughs> filler. <laughs> and we we kind of know who's going to win. Back to Bray as well. He's facing Brock at Roadblock. Yeah, see that's come out of nowhere as well. Yeah. Like originally it was just a house show in Toronto, and yeah. then they're like, okay, well. Brock's turning up, we'll broadcast it on the network as well. And Brock was going to face Harper. So it was clearly supposed to be a setup for a Bray and Brock match. They've obviously abandoned that. The night after Fastlane, Brock is pissed at Ambrose. He beats him up on a car. Ambrose keeps coming back in an ambulance. Yeah. Ambrose challenges him to a no-holds-barred fight at WrestleMania. And Brock accepts by f 5 him on the floor. I'm really excited for that match. It's going to be a very good match. Yeah. I hope they really show Dean and his never give up attitude. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's like a skinny scene, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hustle, loyalty, go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that wraps it up for Fastlane then. What did you make of the show overall in general? As it went on, the show got better. I think there was only the women's matches. Hmm that I didn't really enjoy and the Curtis Axel archery match that just did not need to happen useless yeah I didn't mind the Edge and Christian promo but again the the way that they worked it all was just strange they needed to rework that segment other than that I I, I enjoyed the the pay-per-view as a whole mm. I think the rumble was better I uh, definitely agree with that yeah this is a pretty average show for me really in general I think if I was advising someone who's not seen it, I'd say just skip to the main event and skip to AJ and Jericho, really. Everything else, just mm, take it or leave it. The show nearly died an absolute death in the time between the Jericho-AJ match and the main event. Edge and Christian, talky-talky. Curtis Axel in the useless match. The Divas match, rubbish as well. Yeah. Everything else was pretty solid, but again... You're not necessarily going to miss that much. You don't have to go out of your way to see it, but there'll be some rewarding stuff in there if you're a particular fan of the people involved. I was a lot more excited for WrestleMania 
coming out of the rumble than I was from this show. Yeah. Maybe Roadblock might clear that up. I like the sound of the two matches the book so far, really. Mm. Yeah. Although the disappointment of Fastlane the next night. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. In the like in the weeks leading up to Fastlane, there was the announcement of this Vincent J. McMahon Award of Excellence. And loads of people were speculating on this, like, is this a work, is this a shoot? No way Vince would use his own dad's name, you know, for an angle. Surprise, surprise, of course he did. Yeah. The winner was supposedly going to be Stephanie McMahon. But before she could make her speech, Silver Fox Shane McMahon. The guy has returned. In his suit and Air Jordans. He <laughs> looked good. Which way did he go? Which, Which way, way did he go? go? He, he, looked, he looked good from the ankles up. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make the shoes like. He claimed that he bailed his dad out at some point in the past. He wants control of Monday Night Raw out of it. Vince was like, okay, just as so long as you have this one match. Shane's like, grand. Where is it? Who is it? Oh, it's at WrestleMania. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take that match at, at Mania. It's against The Undertaker. <sighs> And it'll be hell in the cell. How random is that? That's very, very random. Yeah, I don't know how they're gonna work this. It's Dallas. Since he's been dead again, they've not emphasised the Undertaker is Texan, but still, there'll be fans there smart enough to know. But are not categorically not gonna be the Undertaker. No. Shane McMahon is wrestling for control of the company from the heel authority that everyone hates. This is going to be all over the place. I mean, I'm really pleased to see Shane back. It was a great surprise. He's just like his dad. He'll go out of his way to make the match the best it can. Yep. But unlike his dad, he actually has some athletic ability, so he'll deliver something himself. Like, you know, he won't rely on him getting beat up on. I just don't know which way they're going to work it. Which way will they go? Which way will they go? <laughs> because then I thought that it might clear it up the week after. Because then Taker appeared on Raw. Yeah. And it didn't clear anything up. Nope. It made it worse. Because <laughs> he what? pretty much just warned Vince that you know what I'm going to do in the cell. Okay. Why? Because fuck you, yeah. that's why. <laughs> and that is where we're at. Yeah. That's the point we're heading to at the minute. That'll wrap us up for this week, I guess, then. Don't forget. What? You was doing the segment. <laughs> you was doing Charlotte segment. Don't, Don't forget. Forget yeah. what we have <laughs> become. Oh. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at TNW Podcast. Look out at ayatollahrockandroller.blogspot.com for a director's cut little edition with little little visual references to see what's going on. We'll show you that AJ, Y2JJ, yeah. whatever shit <laughs> as well. Like us on Facebook, we'll be back in the near future. Yeah, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. And oh yeah, thank you for our producer Ed as well. Cheers, Ed. Yeah. Got a sounding note all nice last time around. And for keeping us cozy in the studio. Yeah, yeah. It is nice. So, it is yeah. toasty. <laughs> so on the toasty little note, it's a goodbye from Kyle. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. See ya.
Don't like clean money, I want my rich.